This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. He's a national baseball columnist for The Athletic. How are you? Doing great. Do you want my, do you want my 37 games? 37 games. Am I being a troll? No, no, it's fine. I mean, what, you I want him want. out. I, here's, and also, like, it's fair to be like, do I want to see like an opener and bullpen games? No, and I hate two innings for a pitcher in the playoffs. It's awful. And so that's Will you actually admit it's awful to watch. I don't love it. Okay, uh, uh, thirty-seven, but, but it wins. The, here's uh, here's what I thought of when I started thinking about what I want to see in the playoffs. That's what I'm sort of. That's how I'm reading it. Is what do I want to see in the playoffs? That, oh, yeah, that, anyway, that I probably you have wouldn't because I have the genie wish. It's something I wouldn't see. I want to see the Angels get super hot and get into the playoffs. <laughs> okay. And it's mostly it's not because I don't think they deserve it uh, in terms of you know wins on the field or uh, organizationally they've done some things that are pretty terrible they you know during covid they just stopped paying all of their coaches and they uh, stopped paying all their minor leaguers so like there's definitely some karma there where they you know they don't necessarily deserve it but i just want to see shohei otani in the playoffs mike trout is too good a player i remember when barry bonds everyone said oh well, you can't do it in the playoffs well that's just because he didn't get enough chances he did finally get a good chance you know that year in 2002 and he was nuts he was bananas he was regular, you know, Barry Bonds, you know. So what I want to see is everybody kind of getting to see Mike Trout, the player that he is. And on top of that, Shohei Otani, like, doing his thing in the postseason. Like, So that that is a great answer. Okay. I think my answer. I wasn't answer, sure how you'd take it. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, like, it's like you want to wish. Yeah. And you want, I mean, Shohei Otani is the first real international baseball star we've ever had. Yeah, remember that Mike Trout versus Shohei in the WBC? It grows like, the game. Yeah. Mike Trout's the best player. It grows the game. You want something that's best for the game. I'm being an ultimate troll yeah, you are. Of, of, of our of our of our in town rival. Right? It's fun. <laughs> Cody, I want Zach Greinke to get three thousand strikeouts. <laughs> well, I like Zach Greinke, so but, I, I, but, but really, that's, that's, that's the wish, one wish. Dude. That's the one wish you got. Zach Greinke to get three thousand strike. I'm trying to sell a show. Here. Yeah. Am I getting? Da- am I getting more people to watch and downloads off? I want Zach Greinke. I know what my kids would say is the Padres go nuts. That ain't happening. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, <laughs> I want to get into. It's one of the most fascinating things that's going on is when other organizations take on other teams' players with the idea of, we like you, we've seen something, we can make you better. Astros famously with Verlander and Cole, 
More high fastballs. Now Lance Lynn with the Dodgers. What is it that teams can see in players stuff that their own teams can't see? Yeah, I mean, I think that people in some ways overstate that. I think that it's not often that you get a player and you give him a new pitch or, you know, he suddenly throws harder or something. I think it's often smaller. And so I was looking at Lance Lynn and trying to be like, what are the Dodgers doing differently with Lance Lynn? And it is, it's pretty subtle, dude. Like, they're, the, the cutter, instead of throwing it always in the zone, throw it sometimes in the zone and sometimes inside off the zone. And he know he has good command, so you're not asking him to do something very different. You're just saying, hey, not always in the zone, sometimes out of the zone in, right? And then I was looking at the four seam with, uh, with the White Sox. It was just four seam high in the zone. Very predictable. If he throws the four seam to you, this is against lefties. He changed mostly against lefties. You throw the high, seam, the high four seam every time, then they're like, oh, I see four seam high. Bam, I know it's coming, right? But what they had him do was throw the four seam low sometimes. And that's not ideal. You don't go say, oh, where should this guy throw the four seam? Oh, he should throw it low. But it does set up the curveball. So what they said is, hey, you can throw the curveball a little bit, you know, throw it in the dirt. I don't care. You're going to get more swings. If you throw the low, the low four seam, then they're going to see the low pitch, and they're not going to know right away if it's the four seam or the curve. So you get more swings on the curve. So they didn't really, like, overhaul him and change his mechanics and tell him, like, throw a new pitch. They looked at what he was and found small changes that, that he'd be more likely to say yes to. You know, okay, how so different is it to tell Lance Lynn, hey, we love what you're doing with the cutter. Just throw some in off the plate. Oh, we love what you're doing with the four seam. Just throw some low. So it was just way easier then when the Astros brought over Garrett Cole and said, this is spider tack. Put it on your fingers <laughs> and everything works better. I also think sometimes um, you target someone who's been unlucky and you don't and, and then people give you credit. You know when they do better with your team. So Lance Lynn, for some, if you look at what he's done this year, he had like really great strikeout minus walks. He was one in the like top 15 or top 20 in strikeouts minus walks. If you look at it, strikeouts minus walks is super predictive in season. He's just been giving up a few too many homers. Well, you you, you get this guy, you get a little bit of, of good luck in your direction, you know, because you looked at the right metrics and you picked the right player, and then you give him a little bit of coaching that's a little bit different, but not that different. And, and then you get a lot of credit. So I, sometimes I think people over, over give the organization too much credit, you know. Uh, but it also it requires uh, knowing what you're doing coaching-wise. Well, and, and the player also has to be willing to listen and try, right? Yes. I mean, that's definitely part of it. You start to get, uh, you, 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 like, if you're the Rays and you, get, and you get traded to the Rays, you're like, man, I'm going to listen to these guys. They've made Glass now better. You know, they made this last guy. They made all these guys better. If you're Zach Littell and you show up and you're like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know how much of a career I have left. I'm going to listen to these guys, you know. Uh, when, you're, when you're Zach Eflin, you come over there and they, they, they make your curveball a little bit better. You know, that's, that's definitely a true thing where, like, organizational respect you know, is given by the players. And it's that's what's so hard to turn around. You know, the Cardinals aren't necessarily going to sign uh, a, a great, you know, bounce-back pitcher in the offseason because they don't have a great reputation for changing their pitchers and making them better. But the Giants do, the Rays do, the Dodgers do, and so that's where the pitchers go to sign. And then they get more credit because those are bounce-back pitchers. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like well, some of the, it, it, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. How, I, how about when Verlander was, I guess, kind of burning bridges out the door uh, going, Mets, 
Your R&D stinks compared to the Astros. <laughs> I thought the Mets were – because Chris Bassett, was it – Bassett told you or somebody else around here that the A's didn't have what the Mets have. Uh-huh. And Verlander saying the Mets don't have what the Astros have. Well, so then you're talking about – I think there's uh, – the, the thing that's so great about Lance Lynn, I think Mark Pryor is really good at this, is uh, soft, soft skills. So there's soft skills and there's hard skills. What do the Mets have? They have the money to improve their hard skills in terms of technology, data, tech. There's a piece on The Athletic that came out today, Tim Britton, about how they've just opened up a pitching lab, right? They have those. The Mets. The Mets. They have the data and the tech. but That's the hard stuff. That's the hard stuff. But you have to throw soft skills on top of that, just the ability to coach. Listen to a guy. Get him to get buy-in, you know? Does and the article talk about hard and soft skills? No, I'm just coming up with this right okay. now. Okay. But I, I would say that, Versus like. Versus, like, hard alcohol and beer. you got to have both at the party. But you could you could have you could have the data and the tech so that, like, you know, Verlander is like, okay, you have, you have some of the stuff I've seen before, but you're not showing me the right stuff. And that could be partially, you know, soft skills of coaching. Interesting. I want to also get into. This whole cloak and dagger, I don't know if it's called, it's like NASA. Because, like, when you design the rocket to go up into space, not everybody works on every part of the rocket. Yeah, or I'm yeah. thinking, like, the CIA when you're, like, doing yeah. international craziness, the CIA. Not everybody's privy to all the information. So, like, with the Dodgers, whether these guys are independent contractors, however you want to say they're inside their, their – they may not be full-time employees. They might be. But not everybody's working on the same thing. So when you get poached by somebody else, you don't have all the secrets. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that to kind of let people inside the baseball world that it's not what you think and there is a lot of secrecy in our game, which now after all the things that happened with Houston, I don't know if so much secrecy is good, but go ahead. Well, I mean, this is also maybe partially why there were some rumblings that they would try to limit how much teams could spend on uh, on on this sort of thing, on player development, on, on brain trust, R&D. And part of that is because players, the teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees, they have PhDs that consult for the team. They have other jobs, so they don't have to pay the whole salary, but they'll give them six figures, you know, uh, just to work on a project for them, which is like, can you model balls in play can you find a way nobody can predict singles it's really hard to predict singles can you find a way with all your knowledge of physics and aerodynamics and maybe your uh, you, you, your other job is you know working on rockets literally can you find a way for us to model singles better you know that's the sort of thing and that's all you work on you don't know how this fits into their pitching model or their hitting model you're just working on modeling singles and that's it and you get your hundred thousand dollars for a year work of modeling singles that's sort of what happens at Yankees and the Dodgers where they have really expensive consultants that work on these big things but they don't they don't get access to all of the brain trust they don't know what the guy next to them is working on you know that, that's what you're talking about and i think it, it, it it's it's effective in that you keep more of your secrets and you can invest a lot and learn a lot but i do think that i you know people have been wondering why the yankees not producing players and you know you can see in their minor leagues they are number like they're number one, I think, in uh, maximum in, in, in exit velocity, like 95th percent of maximum exit velocity, their batters in the minor leagues hit the ball harder than any other team. Their batters in the minor leagues don't swing at balls more than any other team. If you combine those two things together, you'd say, man, that's a really good hitter. He never swings at balls, and when he does swing, he hits rockets, right? But what was the last guy that they produced? 
when was the last guy they produced? So there's something missing there where, like, they've modeled what is this it? thing. You've been following this. Why is it that you can sit here and talk to me about exit velocity, talk to me about barrel rates, talk about only swinging at strikes, talk about all that stuff, and then all of a sudden these guys got to go out and play the game and they can't play the game because yeah. it's a game and it's life? I don't know. Sometimes you, you, one thing that you can think about is uh, what is the clay that you put into this? If you take a bunch of guys that don't make a lot of contact and you give them these skills or you say don't ever chase uh, a, a ball outside of the zone and hit the ball hard, they might still not make contact a lot. That's what I think of Everson Pereira. Well, how about this, The guy too. they just called up. He doesn't make any contact. You still got to go out and play defense. You still got to run the bases. You still got to throw to the right bases. You still, I mean, so you like if you focus so much just on one thing – to win an actual we I think we forget we're so into the process we forget that you got to go out I think one of the greatest examples is Tiger Woods Tiger Woods as we know the most skilled but there were times where he didn't have he couldn't he couldn't hit his driver and he could still go out and win the tournament by just teeing off with irons because Tiger was going to go out and win no matter what Mm -hmm. when you just have barrel rates exit velocities these guys don't know how to win games well that's it is an interesting thing because in your minor leagues you don't care about winning games yeah you know you you, you care about developing i mean some organizations do put a little bit more emphasis on winning games they want to right they want to build every level they want to build a winning culture they want to they want people to win and also i think you uh, you know there's a line between coaching and overcoaching. In fact, I have one friend who thinks that the Rays are not that great at uh, player development, that they actually, their best thing that they do in player development sometimes is step away from the player and let the player develop himself, basically. Um, and that actually goes in line That's with what you're saying about winning games. Like the Rays, maybe what the Rays do most of all in the minor leagues is say, hey, you know, guys, go out there and win. You know, like find a way to win this Figure game. Figure it out. You know, the coaches are going to take a day off today. You know, like whatever it is, like on some level they're saying it's on you. You guys win this game. If you want information from us, ask us for it and we'll give it to you. You know, like it's more about like, you know, I think about this with my kids, you know, like, you know, like I there's a real tendency to helicopter parent. And like, you know, I do it. I'm not saying that I don't do it, but I I really the biggest juice I get out of being a parent is when like my kid rides his bike to school in sixth grade by himself and rides his bike back by home and texts me that like he's going to a friend's house i'm like oh my god look at that he just he just did that all on his own he didn't ask me i didn't know pick him up and drive him now i do he broke his arm but that's all right <laughs> i had that same thing my my one daughter wasn't into driving did this big drive from where we live over to los gattis and got back i was like yeah. damn <laughs> you go girl <laughs> and you're happy yeah it's like in baseball, and I think we're different than all the other sports because we, as a data-driven sport, are a bunch of helicopter parents, as you say. I was, I was also, yeah, I was like, thinking about like it. There is something for letting the athletes figure it out, let them grow, let them learn. That's why I have no problem with our guys coming up and struggling. Figure it out, man. I, w- I was at the Saber seminar that I was at. I was uh, hanging out with uh, uh, someone who works for a, a basketball team, who's an analyst for a basketball team. And I said, you know, uh, in, the, in, in Little League or, or in travel ball and, in, 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 you know, perfect game, 
we have barrel rates and we have max EV and we have spin rate and we have ride on your fastball, IVV. We have all these numbers that people can come to these showcases and basically just show the numbers. Like they don't have to win the game. They just have to show these numbers. They'd be like, oh, man, the hot prospect in today's perfect game, you know, had a 22 IVB with a, you know, with a 3,000 spin rate on his fastball and hit 98. You know, it's like, okay, what did what how did he do <laughs> did he did did he get out or like, no he was knocked out in the third right <laughs> and and so uh i was asking like do you have this problem in basketball and he was like we don't there's not that same culture where, like nobody could come to a basketball like an aau or like a basketball scrimmage or something where scouts are and like just not play the game but just jump really high by the rim and just be like here's my vert and yeah. then everyone's like oh he was like he was like a foot above the rim yeah, yeah. how did he play i don't know but he was a foot above the rim you know yeah. they can't just sprint by the scouts and be like whoa that guy just sprint past me. I'm going to write down his sprint speed. No, like when you're scouting basketball players, you're like, does he have a winning mentality? Does he, like, can he shift? Does the he, ball go in the hoop? Yeah, does he, does he know how to pass it to the, the open guy? The ball's got to go in the hoop. Yeah, can he keep his head up while he's driving? You know, Can you like defend? That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you pass? Yeah. Can you shoot? Now, that would remind me. You know what that would remind me of? And a lot of uh, uh, football fans would know this, especially old football fans. And yeah, aren't, they, aren't they combine superstars sometimes? It would work out. Al Davis loved guys who ran uh-huh. the 40, yeah. how fast you were. <laughs> well, can he catch? Can it, Can he? Does he know how to run routes? Can he read defenses? I, uh, did you see what he ran? So he was a prisoner to the 40 time. Yeah, he yeah. wanted speed because you can't teach speed. That's kind of what – and people – ripped Al Davis for years about that. And one thing that we're finding in our game, actually, is that some of the things that we thought you couldn't coach, you can. So it used to be you can't coach Velo, right? No, you can. No, you can. Yeah. I I just talked to Cole Reagans uh, over on the other side here. He uh, put four miles an hour on his fastball year to year just doing a weighted ball program and cleaning up his mechanics. Like, like their whole organizations are like – Just getting more extension gives you – Yeah, yeah. So, like – and what was the other one? Uh, you can't coach. Uh, you can't coach power, right? No, you can absolutely. There are weighted bats. There are programs you can go on. You can you can coach power. What we might not be able to coach are the softer skills that I was talking about, like in terms of command and uh, a bat to ball and uh, some of the intricacies of defense. Like even a, you know Javier Baez hasn't turned out to be you know a, a super superstar, but like at his best, he was doing things defensively that there's no way you can coach that. Javier Baez was a runner he, up like, to the MVP. Well, but the, 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 think the, about that. Remember the tags, the tags he he can do. You know, like where he's like. He's like the quickest, fastest, snappiest tagger. You know, he's he, he does a lot of the little things that are just amazing. And now we have teams that are like, well, I want my shortstop to be able to play five positions by the time he gets to the big leagues. Is he going to get the same amount of reps at short if I do that? No. Oh, so wait a second. Maybe Marco Luciano isn't the best shortstop he can be because I had him playing second and I had him playing third and I had him playing in the outfield or whatever, you know. All that, right. That stuff uh, sort of happens. Do you like pitch framing? Um. As catchers, catchers being good at it, I, I don't getting mind on it. that one knee and pitch framing. I don't mind it because you, you hate it. Wh- no. Okay. I. You know what I hate uh-huh. is these dummies can't block balls anymore, uh-huh. and we have more <laughs> wild pitches and pass balls than ever before. Mm-hmm. I am not. That might be related to this the stuff first approach with pitching too. You know. I mean, you got these guys on one knee, and all they're worried about. I get it. If you can steal me some strikes, I like it. 
But you know how I feel about catchers. They think they're the smartest guys in the world, and they're not. Hey, dummy, well, block. I have seen some research. That so I have confidence to throw my – because sometimes for like – no one cares about me. But if my, my changeup was my strikeout pitch, I'm throwing that thing low. It could be bounced, especially against a lefty. You don't want you to, better be able to block to score, it. Yeah. You better be able to block it. I, that's great. You're on your one knee, and you're Mr. Cute. You know, you, whatever you're doing with, with, with pitch framing, you got essential – essential things you need to do as a catcher catchers aren't doing there's some research that's that i've seen that says that the guys who are down on one knee can uh throw to second just as good as the other guys so it doesn't have any ramifications for the run game some people don't believe that though but but i know i know that's why i wanted to put that out there that i've seen research that suggests that that part is not true but it's interesting what you're saying i do believe it it affects your blocking totally but the way that an analyst would respond is that uh, the amount of runs that you can save framing and the versus True. the amount of runs you can save blocking are different. There's Do both. Because <laughs> Do both. Why can't we have both? Ray, <laughs> yeah, you know how much that Ray Fossey drove him nuts. Drove Ray Fossey nuts. Drove him nuts. Do both. Why can't we have both? It's a good, good response. That's your job. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, But you're well, going to get to those lower strikes more, and you're going to get gonna be, a lot more But strikes. I'm going to help you out here, but I'm not going to do my job over here. Yeah. Where does that work? Where is that hard, soft, either way, that doesn't work. <laughs> you got to do – and I just – I saw it today. We're trending at one of the highest of all time. While, while pitches and pass balls are at a high time. At a high, yep. By the way, the guy at shortstop, Bobby Witt Jr., he's, he's, a, he's an okay little player. He's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, again, like, here's a guy who does chase. You know, he does chase the pitches outside of the zone. But he's a really good player. He could be like – I mean, long way to go, but we're talking like all-time great type talent. Like said, like the like the notes from today. He's in a club now. Um, have you ever heard of Barry Larkin, Alex Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, and Hanley Ramirez? Yeah. <laughs> home runs. It's you have twenty-five home runs, thirty-five stolen bases in a season. Yeah. I mean, this kid. And, the, you know, we always talk about oh, it's hard to hit home runs tonight, even though it was still hot. You, but know, you know who reminds me the most on that list? It's Hanley, I think. So, I, you know, there, there is something about his game that I'm interested to see how it ages at the very end. I think he's definitely going to be superstar level in his peak. None of those guys are as fast as he is. It's true. That's he's, he's unbelievably fast. It's true. It's true. And so maybe his glove and his and his speed will give him a soft landing in the end because I do I do wonder. One hitting uh, coordinator was talking to me about: Do I think that hitters actually ever change their ability to see uh, pitches outside the zone or chase them? Well, hitters' eyes change as they get older. They get better. Well, they get well. No, their eyes. Yeah, yeah. That, get, that, that's what happens when guys they start, learn. They also learn pitchers, so they learn what the league is doing. They generally swing less as they get older. Well, I'm just saying, as we get older as men, your eyesight but starts also to go. Worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Zach Gallo, generally, I don't bet on pitch on people that uh, chase outside the zone for long careers. There's some research to back that. Like, have you looked at like? Because it was like weird. Remember Pablo Sandoval, Josh Hamilton. I, th- I think pizza and the post game spread did more <laughs> to Pablo Sandoval. Than, <laughs> no offense to the panda. Yeah. <laughs> I think could I, be, could be. I think he kind of. But Josh Hamilton so. was a was a svelte dude. Yeah. You know, he was a he was an athlete. 
But he, he had other shoes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're not giving me yeah. good comps here. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Josh Hamilton was drinking so many energy drinks <laughs> the day he dropped the five ball out here because he couldn't close his eyes because there was no moisture in his <laughs> eyes because he was having caffeine 24 7. And he blamed that on his uh, eyes being blue. Well, I d we found out that literally when you drink like monster energy drinks, Every day, all day, it like really <laughs> dries your eyes. Has a bad effect in a lot of different areas. Yeah. Lot. Um, am I crazy? I I've told the A's, and I hope they're listening to me. And I've told some high, high high up people, and we've started to debate it. We need to order the Zach Geloff statue. <laughs> Do you want to put it on the east side, the west side, or you want to put it Championship Plaza? Yeah, Where just, do you think we should put the Zach Geloff statue? Just had a great conversation with him, and uh, real I, deal. I introduced myself as you know, kind of an analytics dork, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like what you're gonna say." And but we had a really great conversation because what's interesting about him is, you know, Tyler Soderstrom come up next to him, right? Came up at the same time, come here to the big leagues. Tyler Soderstrom has hit balls five miles an hour harder than Zach Geloff has ever hit. Geloff is right around 108, 109. You know, Soderstrom's 113, 114. And uh, Geloff has a little bit more of a flatter swing, and Soderstrom has a little bit more of a loftier swing. You would project uh, Soderstrom to hit more for more power, except it's not working out that way. And Geloff is getting to his power better. So we had a whole long conversation about how he's getting to his power. And he was like, he's like, if I can just consistently do 101s, 102s, 103s, then that's going to be better than sometimes being all wild and getting a 113, but not getting consistently at 101, 102, 103. And uh, he might have convinced me. I mean, it's, he, he's got a good approach, it looks like. He hits it everywhere. And it's hard. He hard hits it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Center field, right field, left field. Yeah. Down the line on the ground. Down the line third base on the <clears throat> ground. Down the line first base. <clears throat> he literally is foul pole to foul pole in the air on the ground. And he hits it hard. He fillets it for hits. Because yeah. that's the thing. If I take anybody who has 3,000 hits, that's a lot of hits. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not every one of those was hit hard. Yeah. Right? To get 3,000 hits, you got to hit it all over the ballpark. Yeah. He's kind of got that game. It's still game. predictive of future success to say that the guy hits the ball hard. But he also hits the ball hard. It just he doesn't hit the very hardest. But a lot of times you look at the guys who hit the very hardest and they either have high strikeout rates. Giancarlo Stanton is the guy who hits the ball the very hardest. Or sometimes they hit the ball on the ground too much. If you look at O'Neill Cruz, uh, even Ellie De La Cruz, these guys come up hitting 120. That's like almost that's that's 12 miles an hour faster than Geloff has ever hit a ball, but they have some flaws in how they get to it. It's a little bit like what we've been talking about. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna show everybody my 120s. Yeah, but can you consistently get to that? Can you hit 110 in the air? You know, <laughs> like if it's 120 on the ground every time, it's not gonna help as much. Speaking of John Carlo, he to me is going to be a great get this off season. Yankees are going to be if Cashman keeps his job, which I think he will, because he just signed an extension. And they're going to they're going to throw money at it. To, they'll pay. They'll pay. It's going to be salary. like Verlander Scherzer. They're going to spend so much money to get rid of him. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to spend how much money for me to take him on? And then if I think I got smart R and D people, right, I can help fix him. And I think he's playing a little timid now. He's playing not to get it. Whatever, but. For what I could get him, he's still, what, 33? Yeah. I think he's 33. I think he could be the steal of the winner. 
It might be interesting. Depends on uh, depends on I think the the specifics of it and how much they would. Pay they're going to pay yeah. a lot of the. Mo- they're going to pay a lot of the money. I, 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 what is he? He Cody? still hits the ball hard. He's thirty three. He won't be thirty. F- he'll be thirty four in November. I I if you're telling me they're going to pay the majority of it and I'm getting for nothing and if it doesn't work anyway, who cares? Right. Yeah. No. That is a, that is a good spot to be in. Yeah. And I think that might happen. It's a good point. Uh, big news today. Cleaning house in Chicago. They, yeah. I mean, Kenny Williams has been in charge since 2000. I got a text from an industry friend. Uh, he said, uh, nothing's going to change if they don't change the guy signing the checks. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting text to get. Uh, the uh, Kenny Williams has a good scout's eye. He has signed a lot of good players. Uh, Rick Hahn has a decent, you know, he is, he's, a, he's a guy who came up in analytics. He's, he, he, doesn't, he knows what he's doing. I think there might have been something where the, it wasn't a good match. You know, either they didn't listen to each other all the time or they just somehow weren't, like, you know, cohesive. I mean, I've definitely heard from people who've gone through their player development that, you know, they don't game plan that much in the minor leagues. So major, they'll get to the major leagues and be handed a scouting report and be like, what's this? You know, that sort of deal. I've heard uh, other things about their, their player development that's not great. They were way behind on the tech race and, and the data race. So, you know, that that says to me that there were some things they did wrong that – you know, unfortunately, led to this moment. How many teams, 30 teams, how many teams are behind, do you think? Um, I think the, the Royals here are, are behind, but they're uh, they're putting some investment in it. That's why they changed their GM recently. Um, I do think that the White Sox are behind. I think the Nationals are, are far behind. Uh, I think the Rockies are super far behind. Uh, I think the Cardinals are surprisingly far behind. Uh, they have their own, they're really really good at what they do, and so they'll still turn out. They're good at turning out major league regulars, you know, on offense. They're good at turning out Brandon Donovan types. They will do that forever. That's going to be fine. But in terms of turning out pitching, I think they're pretty far behind. Uh, so those are the teams I think. The Angels uh, are in the process of trying to uh, turn it around. And does it only take Tigers are trying to turn it around? Does it only take money? And there's no, got to be willingness. It takes time, too, because what I, remember what I said about hard and soft skills. Like, you, yeah. you know, you can bring, like the Mets right now are bringing to bear all the investment monetary-wise. Okay. But they also, you have, if you think about it, you have, uh, uh, I would say, on the order of 50-plus coaches uh, in your minor league system. If you're talking about the coordinators and the, all, the, all the sort of player development staff that you got, robing co- coordinate, all that stuff, you have 50-plus coaches. There's no way that you can come in in year one cut all 50 and bring in new 50, right? So that's not going to happen. So you know X percentage of these guys don't aren't on board with what you're doing. But you can't figure that out in year one. So year two, you let some guys go. You fire some guys, you know. You still haven't gotten rid of all the ones that aren't on board. And you're going to lose some. And, and you're going to lose some of the good ones even. And you yeah. start hiring good ones, you lose some of the good ones while you're trying to get, you know, get rid of the bad ones. So it's like it's it's – it, it's turning a tanker, so it really is three to five years. It, it's it's like best way to explain it is you have this new math that you're going to teach, and you got you went out and bought all the new math books, <laughs> but now you got to find the right teachers to explain that, it to the kids, understand all the vocab, and actually connect with the kids. You yeah, can't, can't bring the nerd in who's like, why don't you guys get this? So obvious. Bad teacher, the teacher who can because <laughs> yeah. because I always try and explain this like teaching. Because the nerds don't get this. A good teacher understands that 
different kids in the classroom learn differently. Mm -hmm. So a good teacher can connect with all of the kids. That's and part of that's part. I know you don't like to give the, the Giants any credit, but part of what they're doing there is a big teacher. It's a, a small teacher to student ratio. They have yeah, 15 coaches over there. They're like one of these guys is going to connect with one of our players because we just have a ton of coaches. Yeah, but it is smart. Yeah. I, I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, it, that it's that's why it's so difficult though. You're looking for good teachers while investing. Some owners will be like, "I'll give you this much, but not that much." So you have to then you have to do triage. You're like, "Okay, well, we can't afford to put an electronic and everything, but we'll do it here. We'll do it here. You know, we'll do what we can do while we're trying to get new coaches. It's tough. It's not the easiest thing to do. Some good. some teams are just like whatever. The Angels just uh, the, the the kind of the scuttlebutt around the Angels just giving up Nolan Nolan Shanuel, like the guy they drafted this year and he's in the big league. Shanuel, right? Yeah, Shan I like so. I saw his name. Like, how do you pronounce it? I think it's Shanuel. And then also Neto, not Nito, Neto. Uh, they that they kind of draft guys that don't need much development because they don't have great development. They're just like, let's just take these quality, you know, finished products from college that we think can play for us pretty immediately. Uh, and who knows about their ceiling? You know, they're not going to turn into, you know, maybe superstars, but like we can put them in the lineup right away. And they're both playing from like uh, Neto and, and uh, the first baseman are both from Ford Atlantic and Campbell. Shanuel. Shanuel. Shanuel from Ford Atlantic and Neto's from Campbell. In yeah. North Carolina, so like powerhouses. They're not, they're not from you know Miami, LSU. They're from smaller schools who don't need a lot of development. That's actually kind of smart what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Some some of those smaller schools in college actually have fr fairly good player development. They've invested in data and tech. That's how they get those players in the first place. To say we'll get you more playing time than you'll get in the other places, and we have the same data and tech because they have money. The colleges have money. Fact. Yeah, <laughs> that's fact. Hey, good talk. Good to see. You. Anything you're working on we need to go check out? I don't know. That's a good way to sell. <laughs> All right. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.